We, we actually built what we called a management framework. We tried to define all the types of decisions that we make in the business, the key decisions, right? And we said, right, what should you be thinking about? What criteria should you apply when you're making this decision? What data should you use? Who should you consult with? We created a framework that, for decision making. And then we went out and educated the organization in what that was. And, and that helped an awful lot to sort of take our business strategy and start to embed it into sort of the, the people side of things. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of the Pep Talks podcast where we will be discussing the role of the Chief People Officer, including what a good people strategy looks like, building your top team and how to hire, retain, develop talent throughout your organisation. We're joined by David Bowes, a highly successful and high growth CPO under PE ownership. David's first CPO role was at WDS, which he helped scale over the course of 10 years, eventually selling to Xerox. He then stepped into the world of PE ownership when he became CPO of Vitruvian-backed Flexi Global in 2018 and helped lead the business to a successful PE-backed trade sale in 2022. David is now applying his skills as a Chief People Officer at Salient, a UK-based supplier of global networking and cybersecurity services, which received investment from Volpi Capital in 2022. Listen on to hear David's journey and to understand how you can put people at the heart of your growth strategy. Right, great. Well, so we're here for our next episode of Map of the Maze, our podcast. Um, today we are joined by David Bowes. Hello, David. Hi. So David, um, David is in the in the sweet science of people and talent, aren't you? I am. Yes. And we are constantly. Um, being asked by CEOs in our community uh, and our executive members, um, I just, you know, all sorts of difficult questions about hiring top teams, um, moving people on, mm -hmm. creating performance cultures, embedding a value creation plan across the whole business, mm -hmm. all of these, you know, and we thought, well, we need to get another people expert in. So great to have you here today. Pleasure. Uh, and as everyone joined by Richard, my co-host. Hi Sam. So what what would be great to kick us off, David, is just, um, I suppose, first of all, to, for you to give us a sense of when do you get a call? <laughs> when does a, when does a, because you've got two or three experiences of, of the CPO role, the Chief People Officer role yeah. in private equity-backed businesses. When, when do they start thinking, right, I'm, I need something here now, I need some help. Fascinating, fascinating point. Um, there is a size point, right? As an organization grows, I think that it reaches the point where, you know, you, you, you've kind of grown a business, you've bootstrapped it, there's, there's not too much bureaucracy around the place. People are doing lots of different things, um, selling, delivering, you know, doing the finance and various other things, hiring people, um, you know, you know everybody in that business. <clears throat> and at some point, as it grows and scales, you know, you start to lose connection with it. You know, the organisation starts to slow down. It doesn't kind of do what it is that you want it to do. You know, the performance in front of customers isn't quite what you would like it to be. It becomes a little bit inefficient. And, and so there's signs that... There's an organisational stroke people problem. Mm -hmm. um, 
that's inhibiting growth. And it typically, you know, you, I think it's somewhere north of 100 people. Depending on what you're doing, it's, it's, it's a few million in revenue. It might be a bit more complex that you need to, you know, grow the organisation outside of its traditional geographical location. So it starts to get a bit more mm. complex. So I think it reaches that point. And, and I remember my, you know, an old, my old CEO, David Fax-Jones, who was, who was terrific. We, we at WDS, we hit that problem. And it, we felt it was, we, we likened it to running with a stone in our shoe. It was just, it was just uncomfortable. It wasn't, we weren't as fast. We weren't as agile. We couldn't, you know, we weren't as good in front of customers as we normally were. And we looked at ourselves and we said, this is a, this is a, an organization. This is us. This is people. Mm. Um, and at that point, we didn't pick up the phone to a headhunter. <laughs> um, I was I was running the European business at that point. Um, David just turned and looked at me and said, "This is this is people. Do you want to have a go at this?" And um, and and that's when you know I inherited the yeah. HR remit. <laughs> so it's it's size. It's 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 um, number of employees. It's I guess it's the um, the speed of growth. Um, but it's it's organizational structure and design I suppose when a business is small you know sub 100 mm. there's that there's that sort of rule of law isn't it dumb dumbbar or dumbbar I think dumbbar is the pint bitter isn't it dumbbar that <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the dumbbar really number that. which is effectively you can know 100 people yeah you can have a yeah. relationship with 100 yeah. people so in, in yeah. that sort of scale of operation yeah you know you can get away with you know, a fairly loose structure and mm. lack of process. But I guess mm. once you're growing quickly and beyond that, mm-hmm. you need to be creating organisational yeah. structures. Yeah, and, and, and at that size, below that level, you know, you can you can be very precious about who you bring in. You know, you, you, you know quite often, you know, the CEO, senior people are on every particular interview or, you know, every, yeah. you know, panel interview and things like that. You know, well, all of a sudden, if you're going beyond that, um, how on earth do you do that? You know, you've got to let go. You've got to get others to do things, but get others to do things in a manner that you would want them to be done in in yourself, right? So you've got to, uh, otherwise you start to get overly paranoid and things don't quite go. But uh, yeah, it's that point, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. So I guess that kind of leads on to the next question. So you've sort of identified that moment where you hit whatever it is, 100 people. Yeah. You've been given that role as a CPO. Yeah. What does the process look like from, from day one? What are you starting to develop within the organisation to you know, develop a culture? Well, it's a, it's a good question because at that point, by the way, I didn't know much, if anything, about, about, about HR. So I had to learn you know, the practicalities of, of, of the world of, of HR. This was back in the early 2000s. Um, so I understood the business. I understood what what was going to drive growth. I understood what we did and how we did it and how we went about it. But I was also really interested in in people. So you know, HR isn't I found isn't overly complex, mm-hmm. right? It's you know you you know the, the the component parts of any HR strategy are broadly the same. Right, you, you try and find good people. So you've got a talent acquisition strategy. How do you find them? Where do you find them? What kind of people are you looking for? You've then got some form of retention strategy. How do you retain the good ones? So that links into reward, 
and 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 if I'm on culture, some of the softer things. Why do people stay with you, um, and 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 such like? Um, and then you get into things like you know how do you develop people? So you're into employee talent management, talent development, that sort of you know those component parts. And then and then I think you know the, the other the other component part of of, of the strategy is the people sort of side of things is what how, you know sort of like these foundational elements so what processes are you going to put in place how what systems are you going to put in place what about the taking culture a little more seriously trying mm-hmm. to define it trying to bring it to life trying to embed it in everything that you do so those are foundational elements so for me it was you know what I did was I, I, I tried to take the business and what we were trying to do you know I don't think we called it um, uh, a value creation plan but we knew what we needed to do to grow and, and, and become a more valuable business and I just took that and then said right what does that mean for our talent acquisition strategy what kind of people are we looking for where are we going to find them what does this mean for our reward strategy I think one of the interesting to get onto a specific one of the things that that was interesting and, and by the way this was common in subsequent businesses as well um, that, that I've worked in, you know, as you grow and scale, was, was trying to get people across the organisation that are making key decisions on behalf of your business. So should we do, what, what's, our, what's our product offering? Should we invest in this? Should we do business with this customer? If so, on what terms, right? Um, should we hire this person? Um, what should we invest? All these sort of key decisions that are happening every day, you know, how do you make sure, how does the CEO make sure that those decisions are being made in a manner that they're comfortable with, that they would arrive at a similar decision as the person making that decision on their behalf, if that makes sense. We, we actually built what we called a management framework. We tried to define all the types of decisions that we make in the business, mm-hmm. the key decisions, right? And we said, right, what should you be thinking about? What criteria should you apply when you're making this decision? What data should you use? Where would you get that data from, right? Um, who should you consult with? Whose decision is that to make? So we were very clear about where accountability sat and we tried to push it right down. And, and we, you know, we tried to put that into some sort of, I mean, we made it into a picture. We created a framework that, mm-hmm. for decision making uh, and and then we went out and educated the organisation in what that was. We used scenarios, we used um, examples of, of, of things, and, and that helped an awful lot to sort of take our business strategy and start to embed it into sort of the, the people side of things so that we could, it was, it, it, I mean, it did, it sped us up. It meant that, you know, we, we had a team in Australia, for example. At that point, Vodafone, one of our clients, right? Vodafone, big global business, as you know, um, we had a team, we were doing business with Vodafone in Australia and Vodafone in the UK, right? And there was a lot of opportunity to generate lots of, of, of synergies and operational sort of synergies and to connect it all together and become a more valuable partner for Vodafone. Um, but that required us to connect our business up together mm-hmm. so that what was happening in Australia 12 hours ahead, they were making decisions that were aligned to what we were trying to, we would have made in the UK 12 hours behind. 
And, and so you have to help people. You have to give people a framework for decision making. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the techniques that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, so really here we're talking about the Xerox WDS business. Is mm-hmm. that, and have you taken those, that, that tool and methodology into the, the private equity backed businesses you've, you've been in? Is that, yeah. is, that, yeah. is that something that has been an important part of helping those businesses? Definitely. Go? You know, trying to get inside a CEO's head what are they what how do they make decisions what's important to them you know taking that out and trying to I suppose yeah document that in some way and understand that and bottle it and then use that to say right well let's let this person make that decision going forward yeah they may trip over but let's let's try. But it's the accountability, isn't it? And yeah. The autonomy and the accountability, uh, and the ability to be of the organisation, the wider business, to, to be able to make decisions and make decisions yeah. quickly, and have a framework yeah. for them to do that in, with some degree of safety. Yeah. Uh, so you know the business can really scale rather than being reliant on a, just a small number of people at the top. Absolutely. Who, probably when it's sub 100 people, they're all ma- making yeah. all the big decisions. Yeah, absolutely. And some of the sort of lower yeah. level, maybe all the decisions yeah. in some cases. Yeah. yeah. So that's okay. That's great. So what, what about building a? When you arrive in a private equity backed business, and it sounds like you spend quite a lot of time trying to get into the CEO's head, from what you've told us so far. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and not just the CEO. You know, sometimes there are other key, you know, founders and and and, and people in, yeah. a, in a business. Yeah, that are very influential. But you, you know, you got to do. Do you do you look at the top team first? Do you think okay, have we got? It's the first job. Once you've got your people's strategy to think right if we not only have we got the right people in the organization right people in the right seats on the bus mm. uh, but have we got the right top team to take us to where we need to get to mm. mm-hmm. yeah that 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 is crucial you know and that is you know is you're, you're looking at that top team and can they take you where they want to go uh, and, 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 and so you look at for me anyway you look at certain key characteristics when you're, you're looking at that, that, that team for me you know and first is, is a degree of open mindedness the fact that their job and their role and how they've done things previously is likely to change mm-hmm. so is there an openness a willingness to, to sort of adapt and, and, and want to sort of think look you know I'm on this bus I was sat there doing that thing but now I'm going to have to sit over here and do something else mm. or my job is going to change it's all of a sudden got bigger it's less about managing it's more about leading and, 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 and such like so is there a degree of openness um, to sort of adapt to that change or is it no this is the way we've always done things and, and, and there's a, a you know there isn't that I think that so that's one thing that I I, I always look for you know there's clearly a, a degree of intellect all right and, and commitment to to wanting to move forward mm-hmm. um, you know there's a degree of you know resilience you know working in these businesses that are, is, is, isn't easy at times you know so you're looking for you know energy and resilience and uh, a, a, an engagement in what it is that, that you're trying to do and I think if you've got some of that raw material, um, you've got a team that you can work with, and 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 so and if and if you and and, and uh, you know I mean there's lots of 
thought gone into this, but I, as, I, you know, I would look as well, you know, I look at language and what people say and how they say it, how they approach problems. And is there a, you know, I mean, the classic sort of, is it a growth mindset or is it a fixed mindset? Mm. You know, so, you know, you want to look for people that are, that are open, that, are, that have got that growth mindset, if you like, um, around, you know, looking forward. And if you've got that, I think you've got the raw material. Mm. So if, if you don't, you've got to go and you, get it. Yeah, you've got to move. Mm. <laughs> I was talking to a CEO the other day and he was... Um, he drew it in my uh, in my remarkable here, which would be how, how are they? You enjoy oh, great. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm not on the payroll for remarkable, so I won't right. get too much. They're quite expensive, but yeah, it changes your life. You, know? right. you don't need a notebook anymore. But um, he drew me. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna show you for the purpose. He drew me these these three pyramids. Mm. I'll explain the pyramids. So there's three pyramids. There's a small one, a medium one, and a large one. And he's basically saying he's tracking his revenue from. In his case, 400 million of revenue to 1.5 billion of right. revenue. Wow. So, and the one in the middle is a billion of revenue. So, 400 mm. million to a billion to 1.5 billion. And he's basically saying, my top team, uh, there they are at the sort of top two thirds of, of the first pyramid. And what I've got to make sure of is, is they stay in the top two thirds, top, yeah. top third of each of those pyramids as we yeah. scale. That's a Good way but of if you're if you're thinking about that, you know that you're thinking about a fairly steep line of development in mm -hmm. a in a short period of mm -hmm. time. I mean, mm -hmm. here he's talking about six year in a six year period, he's got people in the top third at four hundred million having to be in the top third of one point five billion in five to six years. Yeah, he's saying that is my number one challenge when mm -hmm. it comes to people. Mm -hmm. How do I get them to make those leaps? In personal mm. development. Well, sometimes, you know, I mean, it'd be interesting, you know, what's driving that growth? Because sometimes, you know, there may not be a, a, a proportional sort of, sort of growth in the size of the organisation, you, you know, so, um, you know, how can it scale? Um, so, you, but you would think that that organisation is getting more complex, it is getting bigger, it's more geographically widespread, it's, yeah, definitely. you know, a couple you know, of thousand so, employees. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, you know, but again, you know, you look for those characteristics that I think, you know, that, that you can work with and help them get to stay in that top third. Mm. I think it's difficult, you know, because I noticed there was another little line on that, that if they don't, if, they, if their trajectory isn't quite as steep and it's less steep, they tend to drop down layers within the organisation, yes. right? And can their ego cope with that yeah. cope with that yeah. yeah we were talking about that that was another topic of discussion it's so you know i guess if you're making that sort of transition and in, in your sort of businesses from 100 maybe to 500 people mm. maybe 15 20 million in revenue to 60 to 100 million in re yeah. revenue yeah there's nothing wrong with at some point realizing that i might have reached my plateau no um and, I, and, and if you're there you're still there with a with a with real scale, of course, increased scale. Well, the person who's going to come in above you, you're just going to learn a shed load from, aren't you? You're going to be but better that plays, uh, well, so that plays into this open-mindedness point, right? You know, and have I got? Am I going to let my ego get in the way? Am I going to let my history sort of? You know, am I going to look back and think that no, I can't possibly let this happen to me? Or am I going to go? Do you know what? Exactly as you've just described. Mm. Am I going to? I can learn from this person. I'm going to be in a role that 
perhaps suits me better so am I self-aware you know these are key characteristics that do you know what that role that role in that time isn't for me mm. that, that that sounds and looks pretty horrible I've, uh, you know it doesn't play to my strengths mm. so helping people become self-aware <clears throat> and then being open-minded uh, is is I think is I think crucial yeah you've got to you be having some pretty direct conversations haven't you honest yeah. conversations like, yeah how do you do that what sort of tools and techniques do you use to do that is it part of a sort of annual assessment process is it a I think it's regular a bit more one to ones or? yeah I think it's a bit more frequent than that I, I always remember I've not that, that, though I've learned again you know one of the things that I've had to learn is how to have those conversations a little more subtly yeah yeah exactly you know so where to start and and the journey that you take them on to to sort of help them get to that point rather mm. than you know i remember again you know on a couple of occasions you know i i would i was i'd, I'd been accused of throwing hand grenades you know very honest hand grenades the truth but it, it didn't land well and it and clearly it didn't lead to the right sort of outcome so yeah helping people get to that point mm. um, sometimes it's it and you know I think a key part of a chief people officer's job is, is is spotting that and helping that team nurturing that team behind the scenes um, figuring all this kind of stuff out you're playing you know you're the coach you're the you're the, the shoulder to cry on at times you're the you know and 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 you can't do that to everybody so sometimes you have to use other people mm. external people mentors other people in in networks um you know to sort of help that self-realization where they you know because it's you need you need people to be you know you need a trusted sort of ear to say look maybe have you thought about this you know what, what, to help people on on that journey so i think you know look outside the organization as well uh, as inside it to help people get to where they want to get to you know but transparency is really crucial honesty is really important you know what about the situations where those conversations don't go as smoothly as you'd like them to and, and people do push back what, what's kind of the process there because I imagine that can be quite disruptive as a person in the business who's in the management team and obviously like not happy with the outcome of the, yeah. the decision yeah well I, I think you know, there's, there's a couple of things there you've always got to have a plan you know think ahead I, I guess those two questions that I, I kind of ask in, in, in you know when you're at that point of making that decision is you know if, if I suppose if this person applied for this job tomorrow if this was a vacant role mm -hmm. and the person applied for the job would you give it to them knowing everything that you know about them mm -hmm. yes or no if the answer to that is no then you've made your decision and 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 if they resign tomorrow how would you feel right and, and I think you know if you know if oh that'd be good that's a way <laughs> off right you know that you've arrived at the right so the question is one of execution then yeah right? how and when do you do it and you've got to have for certain key roles um, you've got to in fact most roles, you've got to have a plan in place so think ahead have that have people ready to go know who's gonna take this on right um, so don't leave a void mm -hmm. uh, you've got to have a plan in place you know uh, so that's important um, and then it's about persistence and resilience know that you know there will be pushback and there is um, you know uh, you know, they go on a journey, you know, of, uh, of, of denial and anger and, and then it sinks in. But you've just got to be consistent. Give people the space. Mm -hmm. Don't give people an alternative. 
right? Yeah. You know, don't back down on it. You know, this is happening. We're going to try and help you through this. But this is where we're going with it. Mm-hmm. And have everything ready to go. Have the, you know, settlement agreement ready to go. Yeah. Have the exit plan ready to go. Make it, you know, as financially, mm-hmm. you know, beneficial as, as, as you can afford to do, as, as, as reasonably so it's fair. Yeah. You know, this person has probably helped you get to where you've got to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they deserve, I think often it's how a person, how you treat people when they leave an organisation is, is, tells you a lot about, uh, about you know, to treat it, do it fairly, do it, but, but don't mess about with it. Just do it yeah. consistently, fairly. And, and, and as quickly as you possibly can mm-hmm. and have people ready to go so that when you communicate out this person is now no longer with us but this is what we're doing and you're ready to go with that story and you start to you know coalesce around the new way of working and that's dealt with the history is dealt with yeah and I guess the whole point of like the characteristics you mentioned already you're hiring for those characteristics to make sure that doesn't happen that often essentially yeah 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 I mean when I've done it you know, I, I can't think of, you know, really, you know, where it has gone completely pear-shaped mm-hmm. because, you know, people have got to that, to some extent, that conclusion themselves. Yeah. And, and there's a, right, okay, yes, there's a bit of frustration and anger, but, mm. um, uh, you know, there's a, you know, there's a realisation that when they come and talk to you or they walk into a room and you're sat there with, you know, uh, uh, you know, they know what the answer th- this conversation is about, and and if they're sensitive, if they're open-minded and aware and self-aware, um, and you've presented a the the, the right sort of terms, it, it, it tends to go fairly. Often it's a relief, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. not yeah. To, to, to the person as well. Yeah. Uh, the other the other question we're often asked. Um, or a consistent challenge around our table. It's just like that wall for talent. How uh, CEOs will sort of go, oh, you know, just got to pay people more money and it's much more <laughs> competitive to hire. And mm. um, certainly post COVID, they were saying a lot of that, and some still are, certainly mm. in some sectors, other sectors, not quite so much. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we would, we often sort of challenge them back, say, um, well, have you got a talent management strategy? Mm-hmm. Mm. So hiring is hiring volume is really difficult. You need a you need to create a machine to do that, yeah. don't you? Yeah, yeah. How how do you how have you approached that in your businesses? Um, in different ways, uh, um, and you, sometimes you need help, um, so you can outsource aspects of it because often it's a a relatively short period of t- it might be right. We've got a sudden burst. We need to do something. Uh, so recruitment partners basically recruitment so. partners but people that know you or have got to know you spend time with you understand who you are your culture they're representing you in the market mm. you know I, I often you know it was a, always a simple test you know when people recruitment companies wanted to work with me um, or you know our, our business um, I, I waited for them to ask can I can we come and spend time with you Right, can we understand you properly? Because if we're going to represent you in the market, we need to you know, understand what it is that you're about. We need to get under the skin of this thing. We need to understand 
you know, when we pick up the phone or when this candidate is, um, you know, we reach out on LinkedIn or whatever it is that, that we're representing you in the right way and we can be credible and we understand what working at Zalian really is all about, right? What is the reward offering? What is the culture? What, what, what is the journey that you're on, right? Um, and, and so they invest time in you to sort of understand you. And there are, there are some good ones out there that, yeah. that will do that. How many, how many different partners do you, think, um, do you think you need in a business of your sort of size? And Not you, many. Not many. You sort of need them at different at different yeah. scales of role, though, don't you? So you, yes, you know, one, yes. one partner doesn't yeah. do all levels. Yeah. So you're going to need yeah. somebody in the volume yeah. layer, and yeah. maybe in technology, and yeah. then somebody in ops and marketing. And, and sometimes they have geographical yeah. sort of um, you know areas or, or functional areas. So you know, we're good at sales and marketing roles. We're good at sort of technology sort of type roles. We're good in you know the US uh, and, and 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 such like. Yeah, so you don't need too many, but there are specialisations, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. What about internally? What do you do to create that engine? Um, so we, it's one thing that we've done, you know, you know, Zalian, and, and I've always been a, a fan of, is to build a degree of internal sort of talent acquisition capability, build your own recruitment team. So you, you'll, you'll hire somebody or hire a team to come in and... Yeah do quite a lot yeah. of the volume recruitment yeah and they manage a lot of the uh, yeah. yeah the volume stuff yeah that might be where you would they would work with partners on that mm-hmm. you know all of the the high volume stuff but you know that that build an internal sort of talent acquisition team mm-hmm. be clear about what your value prop is right in a competitive market you've got to be clear about you know wh- why come and work for us why you know what is it about you that's different so you've got to be really crystal clear about that you know, um, what should be there in your value proposition for employees? I think you've got a key components. Well, you know, there's obviously things like um, the tangible stuff. You know, pay back pocket. Uh, yeah, exactly. You've got to you've you've got to be able to offer something that is you know within a range in the market, and that, so the tangible stuff, the benefits that, that are on offer. But then I think you've got to get into you know a lot of the intangible stuff. You know, what, what is it like working here? Who do you get to work with? What opportunities might this represent? Do you, do, you, do, you, do you think this journey that we're on is going to be interesting and exciting? Do you like being an underdog, taking on, you know, people? What, what, so there's, there's lots of intangible things that you can, that you can work on. And at, at Zalient, for example, you know, we've got some amazing people. You know, our CEO, Sherry Viswani, you know, for example, getting the opportunity to work alongside people like Sherry, and Mark Cook, our CEO, it's terrific. You know, I, I, we play on that yeah, quite accelerates, deliberately. Accelerates career development, doesn't it? Yeah. Really, you get an yeah. opportunity to be in a smaller business. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Probably, uh, probably work with people in a larger business you wouldn't be getting close to because they'd be yeah. too many, too many runs, yeah. at, runs above yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, absolutely right. You know, yeah. that, that's uh, that, that's crucial. You know, the amount of people that you know candidates in, in fairly low that get fairly early on, sometimes in the recruitment process, but very early on, you know, Sherry and Mark will be spending time with them. Mm. They're like, crumbs, this is a CEO. I never even knew the CEO was in my previous organization. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I think being precious about that. It's a big investment, you know, hiring people. Mm. We often, you know, over a course of a 12 month period, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a big financial commitment. And mm. so, you know, take it seriously. And if you get it wrong, it's costly. Yeah. What about looking at that through a 
PE lens in terms of like how quickly you have to drive value within the business? How do you get the employees to like buy into that mindset? Yeah, I think that's a is a good point. You know that, that you know, PE environments typically, you know, like you say, are fast paced. It's very clear about what you, you're trying to do. Um, I, I try and spend a lot of time articulating what it is. You know what what kind of characteristics that places on our organisation. You know, speed and you know clarity and you know there's no hiding place right and we often run things a little lean and you know we, we're, we're you know and then we, we invest a little bit after the game you know so trying to set expectations with people is comfortable and 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 quite often people nod and go oh yeah that's great I can't wait for that I want to get out of this big bureaucratic organization and there are occasions when people you know those rose tinted glasses that people really want and then when they land and they go oh crumbs where's my there's nowhere to hide here uh, yeah Mm -hmm. hang on a minute where's my ea where's my this that and the other and you go well you know we haven't got it yet sorry remember what we said (laughs) (laughs) you're here to help us put all that in place so that we can get to that point right yeah and and you know so trying to weed that out um is is you know Sometimes we've got that wrong. You know, there's people that say that's what they want, and then it's not. What What are your other measures of um, success or failure when it comes mm-hmm. to people's strategy or your own people's strategy? How do you? What are your KPIs? What do you look at? What's yeah. the data that you're really yeah. after? For me, there's a there's a bunch of different things, and and it probably comes back down to. You know the, those components that we talked about earlier of, of a of a of a talent strategy of a people strategy. So there's there's some around talent acquisition. You know I think that you know, there's the usual ones around sort of time to hire, cost to hire, and things like that. But I think you've got to figure out how you can measure quality of hire. So I think recruitment shouldn't end when you when the, when the it definitely does it. Does it? No, clearly. <laughs> you, you know, are they being successful in their role? Yeah. Did we get it right? Yes or no. You know, are they have they have they stayed with us, and are they um, delivering in their role? Maybe if they're moving on and up in the organisation, that's a measure of of recruitment, the quality of recruitment. Um, and then you know, around um, talent development, you know, internal hire rates. So are we producing talent internally? Mm-hmm. So as we create vacancies, as we grow and scale, how many of those vacancies, how many of those roles are we able to fill? You know, through our internal talent. So, we can, can we deliver that mm-hmm. sort of talent development promise? You measure things like attrition, um, clearly regrettable attrition, overall attrition, uh, or retention. Um, there's an interesting stat around stability index, which is more about retention. But the one that you know that, that I, I suppose I like, uh, and and obviously things like you know employee engagement, we we measure that. Um, that's an interesting debate, maybe for another time. You know, how relevant is measuring employee engagement? Uh, you know, there's some different thoughts on that. But the one that I, I really like is 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 um, either earnings, so EBITDA or, or a, a measure of profitability or revenue, a measure of revenue, net revenue, gross revenue per employee, because that tells me, are we producing more valuable people to the organization are our people are we able to monetize the mm-hmm. talent that we've got because mm-hmm. if we are that implies probably that they're more valuable in the market right so that they are you know we're able to 
you know, sell more off the back of that. Um, and, and it means that probably if they're being more valuable and contributing more, then we could look to pay them more. We can increase, you know, our reward strategy. So everybody's a winner. So for me, you know, linking headcount people metrics to a financial metric, and, and the one that I like is, is revenue. And model. how do you do that? Is it just a simple equation? Very simple. Yeah. Headcount versus yeah. EBITDA. Yeah, yeah. revenue per employee, EBITDA per employee, you per just, TE. You're you looking know. at it on a quarterly, six-monthly yeah. annual yeah. basis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And do if you, you set yourself targets there? Do you say, okay, well, if we're going to have a certain number of new employees, therefore... The bar, the, the the minimum expectation of value per employee, is this by you know? We don't know. Certain periods. It's on. difficult to. I mean, so long as it's increasing, yeah, right, and you're becoming more productive. Let's say, I think that's key. Mm. If you could, uh, you know, benchmark it against competitors, that's interesting as well, and that'll help you. That'll yeah. give you the art of the possible. It's difficult to, uh, you know. What goes with this though is also this sort of operational. Um, um, automation, I suppose. Leverage, looking, we call yeah, it. you're looking for yeah. efficiency wherever, yeah. wherever you yeah. possibly can. So, it's almost, yes, yeah. we need to grow, but we want to manage. Yeah. We want to, want to manage the margin, yeah. bit our margin per head. Yeah. Therefore, we're looking at operational efficiency. Yeah. We don't Absolutely. want to hire three heads when no, we might if, do it with a bit of technology. Exactly. If, if you shove a pound of revenue in and you're spending a pound of that on bringing in more people and you're not scaling, right? Yeah. So, so you, you know, we, we uh, yeah, that, that, exactly that point, you know, it's operational leverage. And tr some of that is automation. You know, there's a ton of opportunity in all parts of the business to, to figure out how to automate things. But then you've got to think, right, well, you know, again, that doesn't mean less people. That means people doing more different things. So you've got to set the organization up and people up to know that their role is going to change. And if they're hopefully doing more valuable things, again, you can pay them more, mm. right? So automation is one, um, you know, um, you know, other, you know, outsourcing, offshoring, nearshoring, or, or other ways, using systems, using different types of technology, process improvement, um, you know, to, to is, is, is other ways of, of, of driving that operational leverage. You know, so yeah, that's that's really important. You know, there's nothing to be scared of. It's not. Sometimes people say, "Oh, efficiency." Does that mean we're downsizing? No, 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 no. This is about working smarter so that we can scale. Yeah, uh, yeah. And what other sort of employee benefit schemes do you have? We talk about retention. Like, what do you have in there for you know people new into the business? What are you offering to them to incentivize? And is there like, do you talk a lot about? purpose and the direction of the business and what you're trying to achieve and getting people sort of you know engaged in that yeah we do we do talk um a fair amount not 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 overly we don't make you know i think people join zalian you know we're an i we're a, quite a specialist it company we're trying to take on big companies and 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 beat them at their own game because we're better at it and mm -hmm. we're more agile and people want to Join us for that, that mm -hmm. purpose, that, that, that's an interesting, I want to be on that team. I think that, you know, we, we you know, the culture at Zalian is precious. Uh, we don't take ourselves, we take our work seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. So it, it's, it's, a, it's, you know, we, we treat people with respect, we trust people, we treat people like adults. Um, you know, so that reflected in our, you know, hybrid working policies and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. 
Um, and then some of the t intangible stuff, oh sorry, the more tangible stuff um, is there. We want people to benefit from the value that, if, if, if we do create value for the shareholders, which is what we're all trying to do, then how can we help people, all of the people in the business, benefit to some extent mm -hmm. from that, right? You know, without elaborate share schemes and, and various yeah. other things. So, yeah, we've put in place um, incentive schemes, very tangible incentive schemes, that if we deliver growth in the value of the organisation and you've been part of that to some or all of the journey, then there's something in it for you, mm -hmm. right? So there's the intangible stuff and the tangible stuff yeah. that, that we try and you know and promote and we talk about a lot. Sure. Um, you mentioned hybrid working. I was almost hesitant to bring it up. We talk <laughs> about it at dinners a lot and really there's never really a conclusion to that conversation. Mm. I think a lot of our members are talking about bringing people back into the office now yeah. and they're maybe getting a bit of resistance. Mm. I don't know what your sort of outlook on that is. I think, I, yeah, I think they're thinking they need to be back in the office a lot more. They're in the yeah. office, but they're only there two days a week, mm. and maybe they should be there four days a week. Yeah. yeah. Even five days a week. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> it's delicate, though, because I think it's a dangerous place to be in if of people course. are feeling like begrudged to come into work. Yeah. Like, that's not you don't want to go there, yeah. I don't suppose. You know, mm. I mean, that's the last thing you want. I'm more of a you know, I think one of the, the on the, in this area, I'm more sort of carrot than stick, really. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we don't. Um, there are certain roles that are needed in the office, and, and we're clear about that. You know, so if we've got a network operations centre or if we're running something that we have to be on site, you know, then, then you know that's the nature of the job, yeah. and we're transparent about it, and, and we may compensate for that in some way, shape, or form. Um, but but other ways we, we, we try and treat people like adults. We've got a job to do. We explain what the job is. We explain what the outcomes are, um, and then allow people to a large extent to manage their time and how and where they go about doing that. Mm -hmm. And then we create incentives to come into the office. Yeah. Right. Um, so we you know we have events. We we have. They could be social events. They could be sort of well-being events, they could be um, knowledge sharing events. So we deliberately go about putting on events that try and draw people into the office. Mm -hmm. And then they get used to going in there and they go, oh, that was a pretty, that was all right, actually. Mm -hmm. I'll do that again. I'll go in a bit more, you know. And, and, and so that's the sort of technique that we've used um, you know, to, to try and, and, and deal with that rather than mandate it. Because I haven't seen yet a reason to mandate it. We're not failing in front of customers sure. because of it. Or if we are, then we, you know, in areas where we have to do it because of a customer requirement, then it, we're clear about it. Um, but we're not, it, we're not failing because of that. I'm not seeing um, attrition grow up, you know, go up because, um, you know, people don't feel connected to our organisation. Um, Would you have more problems hiring if you said, yeah, it is four days a week in the definitely. office? Yeah. Yes. So the war for talent would become yes. yeah. tougher. And particularly in our space, you know, we're in the IT sector, right? Yeah. So a lot of what we do can be done remotely. You know, the characteristics of, 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 of certain people probably yeah. fit with that. That's been brilliant. Thank you, David. We've got to go. And you've got to come with us because we've got a, <laughs> we've got an evening of entertainment with our executive community. Yeah, so um, brilliant.
Thanks again. Pleasure. Cheers, David. Thank you all.